Welcome to Dating in Dubai, an expat expose on what dating really looks like for singles in the Middle East, hosted by your dating guru, me, Christiana Matchin. Hello and welcome to the Dating in Dubai podcast. This is episode one, our very first introductory episode, where you are going to learn more about myself, your hostess, Christiana Maction, and how this native New Yorker ended up halfway around the world. Teaser, this is about my journey of looking for love. I had found love, moved to the UAE, and then fell out of love. So this episode will not only detail my love journey and how I got from New York to Abu Dhabi, but also our breakup story. I am a 32-year-old native New Yorker living the single life in Dubai. But it didn't start out that way when I moved here in 2016. I actually moved here very much in love, thinking that I had found the love of my life, my future husband, future father of my children, And then that all kind of died. But first, let's get into that love journey. Now, this is a story of how I found myself uh, moving halfway around the world for love. In May 2015, I had met a man in a very hopeless place at the Viceroy rooftop. I was at the bar having a drink and I look out of the corner of my eye and I see this guy walk in. Now, he was my ideal type. Long, slick back, blonde hair, blue eyes, plus he was having a drink by himself. So being the bald, beautiful, brazen woman that I am, I actually approached him. Now we started a conversation. I found out that he was there only on a business trip. So I had actually broken up with somebody only a month before, maybe six weeks before. So I wasn't looking for anything serious and just thought to myself, why not? A little bit of fun. We ended up spending hours and hours together, having fun, talking, chatting, everything. And it was just honestly such a magical night. He left the next day, but we stayed in constant communication. And then he actually ended up finagling 10 days later, another business trip to New York. So we had, again, another magical time together. 10 days after that trip, he actually ended up booking me flights to Vancouver, where I went to go meet some of his friends. That was also another magical trip. We ended up booking and spending the entire summer together. Did Canada, went to Italy, stayed in Sicily, London, did a bunch of things over six weeks. And that honestly, I had fallen so hard, head over heels in love with this person. And I knew that this person was going to be my husband. We did long distance for for a year about, meeting every three weeks on a vacation. But keep in mind that in October 2015, so only a few months after we had been seeing each other and went on this magical summer trip, he asked me to move to Abu Dhabi with him. And of course, I said yes and agreed because I am in total love with this man. I applied for a job. The first job that I applied for, I got right away. And it wasn't starting until the following year in August 2016. Now, advice for those out there, if you are thinking about moving to either another town, city, state, country, halfway around the world, please, please, please have a job just so that you have your own financial freedom and something to do other than be this person's partner. 
So I left New York on August 11th, 2016. And this was actually a special day for me because it was uh, my grandmother's birthday and also one of my best friend's birthdays. So it really felt like a milestone into this new adventure that I was about to take on. So when I got to the airport, uh, the company that I had been signed on for picked me up, uh, brought me to the housing accommodation. And for those of you who don't know, uh, most companies that you sign on with in the UAE, in the Middle East, actually provide housing accommodation, dependent, of course, on which industry you're in. But the particular job I had actually provided housing accommodation. So I had been to the UAE several times before. This is over the year that we were doing long distance and met up on different vacations. He was even so kind enough to invite my family out a couple times so that they could see where I was going to live and move to so that they felt more comfortable with me moving. Because keep in mind that I basically grew up in New York my entire life. All of my family lives within, oh my gosh, I want to say maybe 15 miles of each other. So we're a very tight knit group. And I actually found it really endearing that he took the time out of his way to make them feel more comfortable with me moving halfway around the world. So the plan was that I was going to go to the staff housing accommodation first. So my apartment with my company, and then he would pick me up from there. And basically we would go into the apartment that we had together. Now, for some reason, like things got messed up communication, it took longer than usual. But he wasn't able to pick me up from the staff housing. So I actually had to take a taxi on my own to our apartment together. Now, that wasn't the best welcome, but I forgave him because remember, I mean, I'm so in love. And I was so grateful to him because not only did he set up this amazing apartment for us. I mean, obviously, we were in constant communication over that past year about what kind of paint I wanted what kind of furniture I wanted in the apartment. So it was great. I mean, yes, this was our apartment, but basically since he had moved in and was did everything before I had been there, it felt like it was more his apartment. Now he travels a lot for work. Um, In his line of work, he basically was out of the country. I want to say, gosh, maybe even like three weeks out of the four weeks. I mean, he was there on weekends for the most part. But with him traveling so much, it kind of felt like I was living on my own. And of course, being somebody who's so used to being with their family around and then being in this apartment on my own, I think I built up a lot of resentment towards him. Because when we were doing long distance, we would see each other every three weeks. And it was basically like I was seeing him the same amount of time living in Abu Dhabi. And then I was seeing him when we were doing long distance. I am definitely not innocent in this. I definitely think that I drank too much in order to cope with the resentment and maybe the sense of rejection that I was feeling with him being away so much. So that was definitely uh, my number one flaw in the relationship. And I remember it had to have been, I think it was November. So remember I moved in August. So this is only a couple months after and my best friend got engaged. Now, if you ever want to gauge where your relationship is at, yeah, let your BFF get engaged. (laughs) We had a conversation about it. uh, And I basically asked, I was like, when are we going to get engaged? Because I mean, we live together and we're out here. We love each other. And basically, he just said that, listen, we've been having a couple arguments. I don't think that this is an appropriate time to have this discussion. Okay, I get it. 
Now, moving from New York to the UAE, I actually had to change my birth control. And I was on three different types of birth control in three months straight. So I definitely felt super hormonal and definitely off emotionally. So with that being said, the reason why I bring that up is because anytime I would get upset or express myself or express my uh, unhappiness in the relationship, he would leave the room, which would obviously make me more emotional. I felt that we weren't on the same emotional page where I need to be coddled, comforted, and heard. And he was more of the deny, leave the room, and yeah. Now let's get into the, I guess, lead up to the breakup. So he had gone on a boys trip to Nashville. And on this trip, I had suspected some naughty things happening. And it was actually later confirmed. And I won't say by who, but that was one thing. But I'm very much a person that I forgive and I forget. I also hold a window of you have 10 minutes to tell me something why you're upset, and then we solve it and move on. And that's the way I operate. But maybe it's not very fair that I assume that everybody else should operate this way. The reason why I bring this up is because he was very much a person that would keep listen his head, he would wait for an opportune moment to bring up something that happened months before. And I'm pretty sure I even told him I was like, if you had a superpower, you would be the repeater because he would repeat anything I ever did that was wrong or out of line in every single argument that was brought up. And of course, the Nashville story doesn't end there because I had actually planned a surprise birthday brunch for him with all of his friends who had come in from Dubai, some in AD, some work friends. And at this birthday surprise, we all were having such a wonderful time. One of the friends brings up Nashville and pretty girls. And I was like, what is this? I felt like there was like some conspiracy theory against this whole thing. And of course, I freaked out. And this was definitely alcohol induced. So not my best performance. And another thing that led up to the breakup. So for those of you who uh, do not live in the UAE, F1 is basically, it's the F1 championship uh, circuit that comes every, I believe it's uh, it's always like Thanksgiving weekend. So it's the fourth uh, Thursday weekend of that month. And it's always a massive, huge party, especially in Abu Dhabi. Now we had organized a boat trip, him and his colleagues, and we were going to a private beach and having drinks, fun, all of the above. So we get This boat trip was great. It was so much fun until too much tequila kicked in. Now, I was uh, I met one of his girlfriends on this trip, and we actually ended up going out on jet skis. We had found these two older gentlemen. They had to have been in like their 50s. They were on jet skis. I hadn't been on a jet ski in a really long time. So I went out on a ride with this guy. Everybody else was at the beach. Like it wasn't a big deal. Anyway, we're out on the jet ski and then all of a sudden I realized like, wow, this is like taking a really long time. So I ended up going um, back to the beach. And when I'm on my way back to the beach, I see everybody on the shore, like waving their arms and blah, blah, blah. And basically uh, the guy I was with comes out yelling at me saying, I thought you were you were dead. I thought that you died on the jet ski. What took you so long? What were you doing out there? And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I felt so embarrassed that he was yelling at me like this in front of his colleagues that I was just like, I totally like clammed up into my shell. 
And then I kind of like had a switch in my head. I was like, why am I letting him talk to me this way? Why am I letting him treat me in this manner? And then I kind of just like switched and was like, actually, no, I'm way too pretty for you to be talking to me like that. And for me to be crying like this on a beach, on a private beach, on F1, what's going on here? Of course, though, more tequila meant more tequila tears. (laughs) And that was like a massive fight we had and like a turning point because on the beach, he ended up expressing in front of everybody. He was like, well, you can get your ish and pack up and leave the house tonight. And I was like, okay, that's how we're going to play it. Uh, yeah, that was definitely a massive turning point in the relationship. We ended up staying together, but I felt like I was walking on eggshells the entire time after that. And we were meant to uh, go on another trip in early December. So only like eight days after this massive fight. And what we ended up patching things up, we go on the trip together. And this is now mid-December. So mid-December, we planned this whole holiday together for Christmas and New Year's where we were with his family. And then my family came to be with his family. And then we ended up doing New Year's in, um, in California together. It was our last night that we were in LA and we were meant to go to New York uh, to hang out with my family, just uh, him and I, with my family. And we went out to dinner with his brother and sister-in-law. We were all eating sushi, drinking sake, and having great conversation. Then all of a sudden, he turns to me and goes, did you just finish all that sake? And I was like, I was just so embarrassed. I didn't even know what to say. It's like we were in front of his family in this crowded LA restaurant. And it was just such a weird thing. And I was obviously overcome with emotion and was so embarrassed that he would call me out in that way. So I I ended up going to the restroom crying. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror, crying in this small LA restaurant bathroom and going, is this going to be your life? When I get back to the table, they're obviously talking about me. I feel so uncomfortable. We ended up paying the check. We get in the Uber on the way home and I'm literally just staring out the window flooded with tears and going, oh my goodness, is this going to be my life? Is this going to be my future where I always have to walk on eggshells around this person, make sure I'm not making a mistake? And at that point in time, I felt like he had a lot of the power. Obviously, he made more money than me. Uh, We were living in his apartment. I had moved to the city that he lived in. He was paying for the rent. He was paying for all the groceries. He had given me a credit card. He had bought me a car. So I kind of felt like I was indebted to him. And it's almost like I was paying in emotions and paying in, um, I guess, my pride and how I felt about myself. That night, we were actually meant to go to New York together, like I had just mentioned. And when we got back to the brother's house, His uh, family was there. His parents were there. And basically, they saw that I was crying. And I was so upset. I walked into the house. I took out all of his stuff from my suitcase. And I was just like, I'm going to go. And I didn't think or he didn't think that I was serious when I was saying that I'm going to leave. 
because I know that he felt like he had his thumb on me. Like he had this control over me because of all of the things that he had given me. And he was kind of like the captain of this ship. He's steering where we are going. But like I said, I had an epiphany in that taxi. Like, is this going to be my life? And I did call an Uber and I called an Uber to the airport. When the Uber showed up, he was like really shocked and was like, "Uh, are you really leaving to New York? I was like, yes. What do you think I'm going to do? Stay here with you and your family when I'm meant to go see my family? And I remember getting in that Uber. And I think that that was kind of like the nail in the coffin and what sealed that deal was that he realized that he couldn't control me in that aspect anymore. And when I got to New York, my parents picked me up and from the airport and they were like, oh, where's so-and-so? And I was like, he didn't come. And the few days that I did spend in New York, I did do a lot of reflecting. And I definitely was at a weak point in my life where I felt like I needed this person, that this person completed me and that without this other person, I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't be anything. And that's kind of um, the feel of a controlling relationship where you feel like there is no out and that this is your only option. Now, he had stayed in LA for some time before he ended up coming back to our apartment. We didn't talk about anything. It was very much me walking on eggshells. My parents were actually meant to come see us in Abu Dhabi from New York only two weeks after this. So for two weeks, I'm walking on eggshells, making sure that I'm not doing anything, quote unquote, out of line. I had become a shell of myself and friends that I had had in New York that I've known forever. Obviously, uh, reflecting after this whole thing happened, they would say they're like, you let him dull your shine. You weren't allowed to shine brighter than he was. But at this point, I'm super weak and thinking and hoping that this relationship will work out. And I'm actually kind of like praying on that having my parents here, since he loved my parents, my parents loved him, um, that it would kind of help fix and heal this relationship. And (laughs) very silly thought, but I was thinking that it would make him realize that we are meant to be together. See, both of our families love each other. We can make it work. Now, this is the UAE breakup story. So my parents arrived from New York and I went to go pick them up at the airport. We ended up going to dinner together. He said that he couldn't make the dinner, which is fine. Listen, he worked hard. And remember, I'm walking on eggshells. So anything he did was perfect and everything I did was wrong. And um, when I had got home, we had seen him there. He had opened up a bottle of wine. I wanted to go to bed early because we had a whole weekend planned in Dubai. And then also because I had yoga early in the morning. So I had gone to bed and I had this really weird inkling feeling. I had woken up, I think it had to have been like two in the morning and he wasn't in bed yet. So I actually walked into the living room where he was there with my mom and my dad. And there was this really weird vibe happening. And I was like, Hey, are you going to come to bed? And he ended up he was really hesitant. And he said, Yes, yes, yes. Let me tuck you in. He comes to the bedroom, tucks me in and says, You know, I love you. And I was like, Uh, yeah. And he's like, he's like, you know, that I'm going to love you forever. And I was like, Okay. And yeah, that is the lead up to this. 
when I wake up in the morning, it's around like 7am, I go to walk the dog. And uh, my parents wake up and they're like, Oh, hey, uh, we're, we're gonna come uh, walk Toby with you. And I was like, No, 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 it's okay. Go, go back to bed. because it's, it's only a quick walk. So I have to go to yoga. And then you guys have to pack for the trip. This and that. Nope. They told me no, we're coming with you. And I found it a bit odd, but I didn't say anything. And um, we walk downstairs, we get to the corner. And the first thing my dad says is, he's not the one. And I was like, what? <laughs> Basically, so I will never know exactly what happened because I wasn't there. But what was relayed to me that day and what's been relayed to me in other times is that basically uh, this person that I was with was telling my parents every single negative thing I've ever done in the relationship. And my parents are straight from New York. My mom grew up in Manhattan. My dad grew up in the Bronx. Like they're tough New York cookies. And when my dad was listening to him basically dog on me for all of these things that I've done, Firstly, my dad was thinking, why is he telling us these intimate things about their relationship? Like, I'm just here to have a good time. And he's only worrying about his tea time in the next couple of days. <laughs> um, and he's like, secondly, he's like, why is he talking ish about my daughter? He's like, this is my daughter. No one talks about her like this. And basically, I guess when this person was going on a rant about me, my dad chimed in and was like, okay, so then are you going to break up with her? Is, is that what you're saying? Like, why are you having this conversation? I think that he was trying to get my parents on his side. But I mean, if you've ever had children or you do have children now, like you don't talk crap about somebody's son, daughter or other in any way, capacity or form. So basically, my dad was just done with the conversation that this guy was spewing the night before and just told him, okay, no problem. We will move out over the weekend. You go do what you got to do. You're done with Chrissy. Bye. But now I get this the next day walking the dog and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even believe what my parents were saying to me. We finish walking the dog. I go upstairs. He's in bed. And I say, hey, we're going to go to the grocer. Do you need anything? And yeah, when I get back, we need to have a conversation. And he was like, yes, yes, we need to talk. Keep in mind that that night he had finished at least a bottle of wine to himself. So I just wanted to kind of figure out what was going on. We go to the grocer, my parents and I, when we come back, like the whole house is or the whole fridge is full, all of this planning for the next 10 days that were meant to be there in the UAE. Anyway, though, I go on a walk with uh, my partner and we don't say much, but as soon as we walk a few feet, he basically, we sit down on a bench and he says, this relationship has run its course, almost like it was a business deal. So cold, so black and white. I was in shock. Yes, like I mentioned before, all those other things happen. But when you're in this kind of relationship where, and you've kind of made up your mind that this person is going to be your person, is going to be your future husband, future father of your children, it kind of seems impossible that you will ever break up no matter what the other person does in the relationship. Now, when he said that this relationship has run its course, I literally started running. <laughs> it was just like this weird, like knee-jerk reaction I had where I just like ran and ran. And for those of you who know me, I'm not a runner at all. So this is so out of character for me. But I ended up back at the apartment. My parents were there. And I was just like, it's done. 
It's done. And basically, he had come back. He was so cold. We all were sitting in the living room. And he basically just said, pack up. I'm going on the vacation that we all were meant to go on in Dubai. Whilst I'm away, pack up your things, move into the housing accommodation that your job is providing you. And basically, collapse. it's done. I remember like I was literally begging on my knees, crying. I can see it clear as day in my head. He was sitting on a chair in the living room, arms crossed, legs crossed, like no expression on his face. And I was begging. I was like, anything, I'll do anything for us to be together, this and that. And keep in mind, like I'm a very uh, proud woman and I'm doing this on my knees, crying in front of both of my parents. And I remember my dad, he said, and like, this was like the click and kind of like the kick in the ass that I needed. He said, Chrissy, get the F up. We're leaving. And I think that he was in shock. The guy that I was with was in shock. That that was my dad's reaction. And he kind of like couldn't take it back. And it was this weird, awkward thing where he packed, left the apartment. My parents and I spent three days moving out of the apartment. Uh, collecting all of my things, moving into the housing accommodation. Keep in mind that this is the beginning of their holiday. So this wasn't a very pleasant time for them where they think that we're going to Dubai, we're going to stay in the Four Seasons, we're going to go golfing every day. And instead, they spend the first three days of their vacation packing me up out of an apartment. I'm about to leave to go into a new apartment. I need to go buy furniture for the new apartment. And yeah, it just was not ideal. To make a very long series uh, short with uh, what ended up happening is that I, I returned the credit card that he had given me for the house, of course. He had bought me a car. I had to return the car to him as well. Obviously, I'm no longer in that apartment. So I had to suss out my things in a new apartment get a car, do this, figure out life in a new country in the Middle East coming from New York. And the friends that I had made, they were all from work. So it was kind of like this really big shift that I had friends, but they were his friends. So now I had to kind of like turn everything around and find my own friends in a new country. When I was able to find my own rental car and I returned uh, the car that he had bought me to him, He ended up giving me like a small lump sum of money and basically just saying like sayonara. And I really did not hear from him after that. So now I was single, living on my own with my puppy in Abu Dhabi. And basically the episodes that will come up in this podcast document my looking for love journey in the UAE. But just a little uh, sneak peek into that. I actually ended up leaving Abu Dhabi to move to Dubai because I had dated seven or eight people from the same company that he had worked at. And I was like, oh my gosh, Abu Dhabi is way too small for me. But also coming from New York, I just needed like a faster pace. So Dubai suited me much better. And I'm definitely a Dubai girl. Absolutely love living in this city. And I am never, ever leaving. Currently, I am still single and looking for love here in Dubai. And yes, I want a husband. Maybe I want a family one day. I'm looking for someone to add value to my life. And all of the episodes in this podcast not only document my current dating status, but also some of my UAE dating history. 
keep in mind this is from a very comedic lens. And now I'm just going to put this out there. I am manifesting my husband. He needs to be tall, athletic, light eyes, full head of floppy hair, kind, affectionate, supportive, a good listener, can tell a funny, intriguing story at a dinner party and kick my butt in golf, is adored by my friends, loved by my parents, wants to grow a life together here in Dubai and travel the world. But at the top of that list, someone who is ambitious, much like myself, and who just adds value to my life. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Yes, it was our first introductory episode so that you can get to know me more. And next Tuesday, you will find out and we will dive straight deep into our Dating in Dubai podcast episodes. Just a note on this episode about my UAE breakup story is that this is all coming from my perspective. And also, like in any breakup, it is never 100% somebody's fault. There is always a split between the two, but also three sides to every story. Person A, person B, and then of course, the full truth. So although this breakup seems kind of tragic, what I must say is that You meet people for either a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Now, at the moment, I really thought that I was going to marry this person. He was going to be my life partner. But obviously, the reason why we had met and we were together is because he had actually been the catalyst that brought me from New York to the UAE. So, of course, I say thank you to that guy. And I thank myself for being the person that actually took action to stay here, to be brave enough to feel the UAE as a single person on my own, but not only that, to then take action to become a published author, start and grow the current empire that I'm building under Christiana Maction. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Dating in Dubai podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. Follow me on all social platforms, including YouTube, at christiana.maction. For dating solutions such as dating profile makeovers, date coaching, and much more, see me at services.christianamaction.com. And we will see you next Tuesday for your dose of Dating in Dubai.